When Duke Nukem 3D came out, it was something special. Here was a first-person shooter that would let you look up and down. That was new. Here was a first-person shooter that would let you interact with this environment. You could flip a light switch to turn the lights on and off. You could look at security cameras. You could flush a toilet. Revolutionary. This was practically unheard of at the time. But Duke Nukem 3D was also full of controversy. The premise behind Duke Nukem 3D was that aliens had invaded Earth to steal away all of our women. And that adventure would be full of colorful language and colorful locations, including strip clubs on the Red Light District. But for everyone that loved the game, there was another person that condemned it. Did it deserve all this hate? And is there a place for Duke Nukem in today's culture? We'll discuss these topics and more as we look back at the history of the entire Duke Nukem series on today's trip down memory card lane. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope these words find you well. Hello and welcome to the 22nd episode of our Video Game Nostalgia podcast, A Trip Down Memory Card Lane. If you're just joining us for the first time, each week we choose one release from the current week in gaming history, and we talk about it. Uh, We use it to start important conversations about how games have affected our lives and the history we like and just any old topic we just we pick new ones every week not a big deal this week we're going to be looking at duke nukem 3d and talk some history about duke nukem and all the fascinating lore around the duke nukem series i'm kind of excited Uh, in case you didn't know i'm david casson as always i'm joined by my co-host who will walk into a room and proudly proclaim that he's here to chew bubblegum and kick ass Right before he pulls out a lifetime supply of bubblegum. Ladies and gentlemen, my co-host, coming to you remotely from across the country, my brother, Rob Casson. Rob, so how is all that ass-kicking working out? Well, I still got a lot of bubblegum. <laughs> a lot of bubblegum. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Duke Nukem, hmm? Duke Nukem you ever, 3D. You ever play a Duke Nukem game before? I had the chance to actually play a remaster of this one. Yeah, yeah, the version that we have you try was a remaster, but had you ever played it before? No, prior to this, I had never played any of the Duke Nukem series. I'd heard of them, but I just never got around to playing them. Well, what had you heard? Uh, it's another shoot 'em up like the Doom series was with a guy who is just a total badass, chewing gum, kicking ass, and he was all out of gum. That is very true. Anything else you know about the Duke Nukem series? Uh, beyond what I learned from this game about defending the Earth from aliens, no, I don't know anything. <laughs> They're mutant pigs. <laughs> well, I, I, mutant space pigs, come on. Isn't that the best? Mutant space pigs. Mutant They're space. awesome. And I, they, I think they were wearing police uniforms. Well, that's because when the aliens came to Earth, they turned the LAPD into mutant space pigs. Well, isn't that uh, <laughs> symbolism at its finest? This game clearly has some words to say about this game has words, Just words, period. This game has nothing but words to say, and that's that's what it was known for. Definitely just known for. The Duke Nukem series goes as far back as 1991. Of course, we're going to be looking today at uh, you know Duke Nukem 3D, which came out in January, January of 96, kind of, sort of. 
Duke Nukem 3D was one of the early games on the shareware model, and the shareware version, kind of the demo, if you will, was released in January of 96, but it wasn't until April of 96 that the full game was actually released. So I, I, I worked this one a little bit around, but technically, I, 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 I don't know, I, I kind of have January down as the release date. It's not a big deal. We're going to look at the whole Duke Nukem franchise and, and everything around it. You know, the first Duke Nukem was released back in, in 91, and Duke Nukem 1 and 2 were not 3D games. They were 2D, side-scrolling, platforming games. Uh, you know, they were released in DOS. They they were pretty basic, man. I, I don't really know what else to say about it. They were short. They had three episodes, ten levels apiece. Yeah, I mean, what's so fascinating about Nuke Nukem? To, Nuke Nukem? About Nuke Nukem. What's so fascinating to me about Duke Nukem isn't as much the game, to be totally honest with you. I mean, we'll talk about the game, and, I, and it's Duke Nukem. We're going to have things to say. But the, the pedigree of people and, in some way, technology that is around the Duke Nukem series is what fascinates me the most about this series. Take the original Duke Nukem, okay? Duke Nukem was developed by Apogee Software. Do you know Apogee? Apogee? That does not sound familiar to me. Yes. Now. Well, these days they're known as 3D Realms. Do you know what games 3D Realms makes these days? It uh, doesn't sound familiar to me either. Yeah, so more most recently, I think their biggest title that they made was the, the Pre- was Prey. You know Prey? No, can't say that I do. You don't know the, the Prey game at all? Doesn't sound familiar. Well, it got outsourced to another studio anyways, but how about Rise of the Triad? Doesn't sound familiar. Shadow Warrior? Nope. Okay, cool. Well, you don't know their pedigree whatsoever, so... Sure do not. That's okay. What's most fascinating about them when they were when when they were, you know, back in the 80s and 90 and 90s before they were 3D realms was the fact that in a lot of ways they kind of pioneered shareware distribution. I don't believe they were the first ones to do it, but their their distribution model, the I don't know if it's Apogee or Apogee. I think it's Apogee. I don't know. In any case, it, that that distribution model was dubbed the Apogee model at first, the 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 shareware model, and and basically, once upon a time, we would get games and stuff through BBSs or bulletin board systems. Do you know what a bulletin board system is? That doesn't sound familiar to me. So, bulletin board system was basically an online computer server that would allow you to connect to the system using a terminal software. So basically it was an online system that looked like DOS. Does that make more sense? A little bit, yes. Okay, so early BBSs could be used for chat rooms. They were online forums. There were social networks. They're, they're very much a precursor to the modern form of the World Wide Web before it was all graphical and, and had stuff like this. And early on, games were distributed on bulletin board systems. The board users would make voluntary d- donations to to people who would, you know, to release games on it, which was kind of known as the shareware distribution. And so, the guy who is at the helm of of this company, Scott Miller, he wrote a game called Kingdom of Kraz, and it had more than sixty levels. 
you know, which was more than he wanted to release to the public at no cost. And so what he did is he he made it so only a fraction of the game would be available to play for free via BBS, which upon completing those levels, it would display his mailing address on the screen and it would ask the player to contact him to buy the rest of the game. So he broke his he broke his game into three parts, which he would call episodes, which has kind of become a thing for this type of game. And he shared the first one over BBS and he made the other two for sale. Kingdom of Kras, which was the first Apogee Software Productions game, was pretty successful. He ended up making about $100,000 off of it, which back in 87 was a lot of money. Roughly, it was said that he was getting checks in the mail that were anywhere. He would make between $100 and $500 every single day before, before you know, at, at, at its at its apogee i don't know <laughs> isn't isn't the apogee the height of a of a like when a rocket reach reach reaches the highest highest point isn't that called the apogee at the top or am i totally off for the origin of this name do you know i thought it was the um wow i just had the word okay well it's the peak of the arc but it's like i thought it was the apex oh yeah you're probably right but I'm not completely wrong. So Merriam-Webster defies apogee as the point in the orbit of an object orbiting the Earth that is that is at the greatest distance from the center of the Earth. I guess. So I guess it's. I guess it can be. Also, it can be used in terms of in the figurative sense, where it's the high point of a career or an endeavor. Like, you know, you're the best. This was the apogee of your profession, or or what have you. Apogee. So yeah. So shareware. You know, they made shareware and they released the Duke Nukem games in this model. You had Duke Nukem 1 in 1991. And in Duke Nukem 1, basically, Duke Nukem takes on the role of stopping a madman called Dr. Proton, who decides to take over the world with tech bots. And he chases Dr. Proton to a secret moon base and then into the future. And Duke has to pursue him through time to put an end to his to his mad schemes. Fun fact: the graphics in the original Duke Nukem borrowed very heavily from other games. One of which we've done the MS DOS version of Mega Man. It borrowed it borrowed art from that, which is kind of fascinating. You know what I mean? Absolutely. 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 And then two years later, in '93, we got Duke Nukem Two. And Duke Nukem 2, basically, you know, there's a plan. Aliens decide they want to enslave Earth. And they kidnap Duke Nukem to use his brain to plot the attack for their forces. And, and Duke breaks free and basically saves the world again. Not, not, a, not a whole lot to it. Which leads us three years later to 1996, where we get Duke Nukem 3D. And it's really funny because the premise to Duke Nukem 3D is that it starts at the very end of Duke Nukem 2, and basically in it, Duke is coming to Earth, and he finds that aliens have... he So he's returned to Earth after Duke Nukem 2, and he's unexpectedly shot down. He finds that aliens have invaded Earth, and they've transformed the Los Angeles Police Department into mutant pig cops to do their bidding, and they're stealing all of the women. And of course, Duke Nukem, big Duke Nukem says, nope, not my women. Right? 
That he does. That he does. That he definitely, definitely does. And so that leads us to 1996, Duke Nukem 3D. You know, I don't remember 1996. I I mean, when if this was end of January, you would have been just turning one. I don't remember your first birthday. I'm sorry. I don't either. Am I supposed to not admit stuff like that? Is that is that I don't know. Is that bad? Fun stuff though, because we talked about it last time. You know what the in early January. This is like I know this comes out in late January, but I still want to talk about early January. You know what's on the Billboard Top 100 in early January? No, I do not. A Beatles song. What year is it? Oh my God. I I don't know. In late January, it was a Joan Osborne song called One of Us that was on the top 100. I don't remember. I don't remember it at all. And then, I mean, nothing else was really happening then other than Philadelphia. There was a blizzard in Philadelphia on our sister's birthday in which Philadelphia got 30 inches of snow. 30. Can you imagine 30 inches of snow? I mean, I don't know if we've ever come close to that in our I don't know. I left a while ago, so maybe you have now, but... I don't believe so. And then the movies? In the movies, you've got 12 Monkeys, Biodome, <laughs> Polly Shore, Flick, Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood. <laughs> These are all stupid-ass movies. And Dunstan checks in. Oh, my God. There is nothing good. Oh, here, look, From Dust Till Dawn. That's a good song. A good song. That's a good movie. Uh, yeah, like I said, there's just not a lot, not a lot going on in, in early 1996 other than Duke Nukem. So here we are, Duke Nukem 3D. Uh, Duke Nukem 3D. Well, I said I was really fascinated with the pedigree, and so... One of the things I kind of missed as we went along was the fact that I kind of talked about pedigree and in and people who have their hands in it. So back in the original Duke Nukem, it said that John Carmack helped program some of the low-level parts of the game in assembly language. We've talked about John Carmack before. Rob, do you remember where John Carmack is from? No, I cannot say I do. John Carmack founded id Software. Where's id from? I forget, man. Man, we gotta we gotta start drawing us into Doom. Ed Software is Doom, and John Carmack would would be the lead program on Commander Keen, Wolfenstein 3D, Doom Quake, and 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 other games for it. Now he works full time for Oculus, so that's what he does nowadays. But yeah, he worked on the Duke Nukem series. Here in Duke Nukem 3D, there was a level designer called randall pitchford the second do you know one randall pitchford the second mm, randall pitchford the second huh how about randy pitchford uh sounds like gearbox software to me sounds like the founder of gearbox software gearbox makes one of our favorite gaming series which is mm, mm, that would have to be gears of war hence gearbox gears of war Good lord, try try again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> My god. They make Borderlands. There's a war. Oh the oh man, the horror. Wouldn't that have worked out though? Yeah, it really would have worked out. It would have absolutely worked out. So it's kind of fun because you know, people people have worked on the series and, and on the Duke Nukem and you you've got Carmack had his hands in it one type and 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 you have Randall R- Randy Pitchford and that's relevant 
it'll soon be relevant with Randy Pitchford because Gearbox actually has Gearbox actually has Duke Nukem rights nowadays. So Rob, Duke Nukem 3D, you had a chance to play Duke Nukem 3D. What tell tell me about it? Well, it was a game where you run, you shoot, and you look around trying to figure out where in the hell to go next. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. The you know, this came out ninety six. That would have been right in there with the Doom the Doom stuff and, and Doom was very linear. Doom didn't have any vertical movement and this did. I think this was this was slightly more complex than Doom in a lot of ways. You know? You get what I'm saying? I mean, I don't really remember the original Doom that well, so I can't speak to that end, but I'll take your word for it. Well, I mean, you had... This one was kind of fun that you had nonlinear levels. You had air ducts. There were back doors. There were sewers, you know, with, with hidden locations. You could interact with the environment, which was unique to this. So you could turn light switches on and off. You could use water fountains. You could piss in toilets. You could, I did find that one out. You can tip strippers. You it, can also look at the mirror and see how sexy you are. You can look in the mirror and see how sexy you are. Uh, there's a peep show early on that you can open and close the, the, the videos in the peep show. Yeah, so, I mean, there were... there were That was... I, I mean, it's stupid to think about it now, but back then, that was kind of a newer thing where you can interact with these things. I, You know... It, it's something we take for granted, but when video games started to be more realistic, like I could flip a light switch on and off, that was really fucking something, man. That was that was that was different. It was it was it was fun. It was it was it was fun. I mean, nowadays we just kind of do it and move on, but at the time I probably would have sat there and turned lights on and off. I don't know any other way to put it. So, I mean, that was pretty cool. Seems that way, Dave. I I got what would I have been? Uh, twelve when this came out. Uh, I I mean eleven, I, eleven or yeah, I would have been turning twelve the the following month. I don't know if I would have played this right then and there. It might have been a year or two later, but I mean, when you're a teenager and you have strippers dancing everywhere, this was this was a lot of fun. So I guess. And I, do you remember in Doom when we talked about modding how they had wads, which were levels for the for the games? Yes. They did that with Duke Nukem 2. And I remember all these unauthorized level packs that you would download off of like BBSs and weird things. And, and like ones that would advertise <laughs> nude. Because when you're 12, 13, or however old I was at the time, you, you got your, your content wherever you could. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah, I definitely remember all those levels that were like, Duke Nukem Nude Pack, and it's like, yes, please. <laughs> but that, that gets us into Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem is known for being provocative. Duke Nukem is a, an asshole, I guess. Duke Nukem is a, a I don't know, I, what would you describe Duke Nukem as? Uh, uh, he's got that macho persona. He does have that macho persona. Top of the world. Thinks he's the hot shit and everyone wants him. Yeah. But you know, maybe in his world they do. They all want to kill him, that's for damn sure. That's very true. Everyone does want to kill Duke Nukem, which is kind of funny. I don't know why they want to kill him, really. I mean, why? I don't know why you'd want to kill him. Who knows? It's just kind of weird. 
I guess because he was the one saving the world. Well, I mean, look, we talked about Duke Nukem gets all his quotes from uh, action movies, all of them. And I mean absolutely fucking all of them. Like everything, every every possible thing you could possibly think of is, is from a movie. He actually has a, he has a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an online profile for Duke Nukem. And he lists his favorite quote as being, it's time to kick ass and chew bubble gum and I'm all out of gum, which is, of course, from a movie, you know? What movie? Oh, shit. I can't remember the movie. Can you remember the movie? Mm, No, I do not. Yeah, I can't remember the movie right now. It's not a big movie, I don't think. Are you looking it up? Sure am. They live, 1988. Yeah. Yep. That's okay. What? It just, I don't know. I thought it would be something cooler. Nope. And it's really one of the only quotes from that one. So in 96, we had Duke Nukem 3D, and I kind of talked about the history of it. We didn't get a, another Duke Nukem game till 2011. 11. It was, what, 14 years, that is? And and it's kind of funny. The next game in the series, the la- latest and last game in the series, is Duke Nukem Forever. And there's a joke that uh, Vaporware, games that get announced, and then they, they kind of languish in development hell. And for the longest time, Duke Nukem Forever was the golden standard it was the golden standard for vaporware because because it languished for 14 hours um hours years thank you languished for 14 years in it you know they 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 started it back in 1997 and that's when they first started promoting it it god it's such a weird history man it's such a weird ass history it was announced in 97 and it was going to be built on id software's new quake 2 engine so they licensed it because they didn't want to have to write a new game engine from scratch you know they they were still they were still doing good with the sales from duke nukem 3d and so the first screenshots uh, that you ever see of duke nukem 3d were actually done on the quake 2 the, the the quake engine the 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 yeah it done the quake engine and in 98 there was footage of duke nukem 3d at the electronic entertainment expo e3 and and that was made on the the quake 2 engine after quake 2 though after the quake 2 engine back in like i don't know 98 99 they determined that they wanted to switch to the unreal engine so they made the switch this is what 14 years for, 14 years 14 months they switched to another engine so here we are again switching to another engine and they would have to they would have to convert the entire game over you you get what i'm saying yeah makes sense a lot of work a lot of rework a lot of rework absolutely a lot of rework this whole time nothing is going the way they want it right they're changing engines People are complaining about its its the the you know its look. People are complaining about how slow its progress is going. I mean, ev- every everything was not going well. And then in two thousand three, 3D Realms was they were their publisher got absorbed into Take Two Interactive. Okay, at this time there's only about eighteen people at 3D Realms working on the game, and they had this mentality that it would ship when it's done. Take Two said that it was going to come out, but 3D Realms was fighting back, 
And about this time, they announced that they had switched to the Doom 3 engine. <laughs> so we're on, what, the third engine of the of, of the whatchamacallit? And we're talking, we're already, what, 2003 would have been how many years into it? We said 97, so we're how many years in, Rob? What is that? One. Wow. I know. Wait. 97, 2003, six years. Oh, oh, oh. I was still thinking of, like, when this released. Sorry. Yeah, that would be six years. 3D Realms was still working on the game. This is 2007, roughly. Uh, They worked on it 2007-2009. And at this point, it was determined that the company had spent more than $20 million of their own money. And so they asked their publisher, Take-Two, for another $6 million to complete the game. Take-Two only offered them two point five. million. They couldn't do it on $2.5 million. So at that point, they took the game and they suspended all development of it, absolutely all development of it. So in 2009, without any money left, 3D Realms laid off all the staff and and it languished there. You know, it 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 it, it turned into a legal fight because Take Two is the publisher. They sued 3D Realms over their failure to complete the game. You know, citing that they paid 12 million dollars for the rights back in 2000, and 3D Realms said, "Hey, we never got that money. That was between you and Infogrames, who was the publisher before that." And and, and yeah, they basically fought over. They fought over it in court. They fought over everything in court. It stayed in there for, what, two years, three years? Uh, in 2010, they settled it. They, they settled it, and, they, they, and the, the, the lawsuit was dismissed. I don't, I don't know what they settled, but basically what would happen in 2010, Randy Pitchford, who had worked on Duke Nukem 3D, he felt that Duke couldn't die and decided that he was going to you know, help Duke in need and so he contacted 2K Games president who was publishing for him and convinced them that his company Gearbox, along with some other people, could help finish the development of the game. So basically Gearbox, Randy Pitchford, who went over and worked on Duke Nukem 3D, used the clout, you know, in the company he founded Gearbox and he, he got he got Gear he got Duke Nukem revived. And so along with Tripyark what would they do? Didn't they do a Call of Duty? Um, trip, trip, triptych, triptych. Wasn't it triptych? No, it was Treyarch that you're thinking of. T r i p t y c h triptych. Treyarch was the one that did uh, some of the like Black Ops Cold War, and like they're the ones behind it right now. I think they were acquired by Activision in 2001, and they're the ones. Activision is the one who releases Call of Duties. Gotcha. Well, look, I don't know what I'm talking about in any way whatsoever. So in any case, they basically saved Duke Nukem. They released Duke Nukem Forever in 2011, May. That was actually went golden May. It was released in June after 14 years, and it flopped. (laughs) It flopped so fucking hard, and as a result, I doubt that we'll ever see a Duke Nukem game ever again because to work for, to languish for 14 years and not get any payoff for it whatsoever, I, I'm not surprised that nobody wants, nobody wants to play another Duke Nukem game. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would be pretty disappointing if that's, you waited all that time and got an absolute crapshoot. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. 
Well, what else? What, what was your take on the game? You said it was like Doom. Any any other take takeaways from it? Uh, I found the game enjoyable. If it was, you know, you just want to run and gun, just like with Doom, you kind of got to be in that mood to just run in, gun in, not know what's around the corner, just run and guns blazing her. And you know, you could also go in legs blazing and kick them, mighty kick. You know what else is good? Good for the running and gunning. Have you ever played any of the sudden, uh, serious Sam series? Sudden Serious Sam series? No, Serious Sam. I can't say that I have. Those are those are good too. Those are really running good. You know, there's a lot of good first person shooters from that early era that just don't I don't know, they don't have a lot of representation. Although Serious Sam has I think four games in the series, one of which is newer. Oh man, it was really funny too. When the fourth one came out, they coded there's an enemy in the fourth one that a pi- if if you pirated the the game so the pirated version the enemy would stalk you and instant kill you and when this game came out you had a lot of people that were complaining about this enemy cuz they couldn't actually get past it which is actually them admitting that they were playing a pirated copy of the game which is fucking hilarious. that's actually awesome how did like they just I- had some kind of code that knew it was pirated somehow yeah that's basically that's basically it i i think i think it was the fourth one maybe it was the third maybe maybe it was a third one it was it, it was the third one serious sam 3 and serious sam 3 there was you would just play it fine for a while and then a gigantic immortal super fast scorpion would chase you around the map and murder you to death <laughs> which is really funny that is quite hilarious actually I'm gonna, I'm gonna share this with you real quick. You can take a look at it. <laughs> yeah, and it didn't matter. It was in basically that's exactly what it was. If it was a if it was a pirated version, <laughs> damn. So you could headshot this thing, and it would just keep on coming. Like it just didn't matter. Oh, you you could you couldn't kill it in any way, shape, or form. It it was it's it's known it's it's basically the most ingenious form of DRM almost ever created <laughs> oh man oh. yeah serious sam is a fun series it's another one of those that you just kind of run and gun and it's giant waves of of really large enemies that 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 you fight so was it truly immortal yeah you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't kill that scorpion at all if you, that the are you are you watching the video i sent you yeah yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't kill it. it. It just keeps chasing you down until you die. Wow, <laughs> that would be uh, quite hilarious to witness. <laughs> well, can you imagine? Like people are going, "What the fuck? I can't, I can't play this game. Like this is the worst game ever." You know, there's this enemy that I just can't kill. What the, what, how, why? Like, what am I doing wrong? And the developers are like, "Yeah, about that. Uh, you pirated our game." <laughs> I remember all the it started the piracy conversation like all over again when it happened and uh, it's it's hilarious. <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. Super fast and immortal. All right. So, but we're not talking about Serious Sam. We should sometime though. That would be fun. We're still talking about Duke Nukem. So, other than that, uh anything else stand out about it? I did find it interesting that you could find little secrets throughout the maps and that you actually had to look around, that it was kind of a puzzle game, a platformer at some points. 
there are a lot of aspects of uh, modern games that were portrayed in this. It's kind of cool to see such an early game possessing all of that. And, you know, although you are dealing with 1996 graphics, I, you know, even with the 3D remaster, it, it actually looks pretty good in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it was, it, it's like Doom and it's that half 3D, you know, like it's a 3D setting, but your enemies definitely aren't in 3D. They're, they're flat. They're, yep. they're flat, you know. But if you've never played a Duke Nukem or you don't know anything about Duke Nukem, Duke Nukem is, is basically just imagine the baddest ass action hero with the, with the biggest head about it. And, and you basically have Duke Nukem. And that's really all. I mean, he's full of, full of, uh, hero quotes you know he'll uh he'll quote ash from army of darkness and say come get some or he'll say blow it out your ass which is also a lay live uh a lay live quote he sings born to be wild from steppenwolf he he quotes yoda he quotes yoda do or not do there is no try he quotes predator damn you're ugly mm. He he quotes Clint Eastwood actually fun if you if you do some research on John St. John who's the voice of Duke Nukem, he will tell you that his voice of Duke Nukem was based upon Clint Eastwood. He took Clint Eastwood, did it with a lower pitch. So it's kind of funny when you think about it, because at one point he'll go, go ahead, make my day. Or do you feel lucky, punk? Uh, he, he definitely uses those quotes. Man, there's just so much. See you in hell, so help me Duke. He'll sing Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. I don't know. He quotes Die Hard. yippee Kaye, motherfucker. Uh, your face, your ass, what's the difference? God, I just, there's just so much. There's just so stupid. Nobody steals our chicks and lives. Duke Nukem is just full of all sorts of quotes. And that, that was pretty much it. Duke is completely motivated by, by women. I mean, that's literally all he's, his thing is, is the aliens want to take all of our women. And so Duke wants to defeat the aliens because apparently he can't live without women. Which I guess that can be said for us all of us that it can but yeah duke nukem you know duke the you know in this duke nukem it's it's not that complicated duke annihilates the enemy overlords and he celebrates by desecrating their corpses it's not it's really not that big of a deal so yeah yeah no, no big deal no big deal but yeah i mean that's duke nukem in a nutshell a little bit of his history a little bit of what he gives to the you know, uh, Apogee gave shareware, and Duke Nukem was part of that storied history. And then, you know, a little bit of 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 a game that languished in 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 development hell for fourteen years, switched engines countless times, ran out of money countless times, was in court over copyright. You know, not copyright, but who owned the game? Now Gearbox owns Duke Nukem, and. And the last Duke Nukem was such a failure that we'll probably never see Duke Nukem ever again. Womp, womp, womp. You ever play a game called Bulletstorm? I have not, no. So, Bulletstorm, and there actually is Duke Nukem in Bulletstorm. There's DLC for it called Duke Nukem's Bulletstorm Adventure. But I think Duke Nukem is the spiritual successor to, or I'm sorry, Bulletstorm is the spiritual successor to Duke Nukem. Yeah, that I mean that's 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 what I'm gonna say about that because I think that it just is. Bulletstorm was a great game. It's got this rude and crude attitude like Duke Nukem. Really great shooting, really great mechanic. It had this like 
uh, lasso that you could you could use to like throw enemies in the air and then shoot them or kick them and 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 you would you like kick them in the nutsack and make the same type of comments that that Duke Nukem wanted to make. That's pretty much it. So if you never played Bulletstorm, play Bulletstorm. You know, Duke Nukem also had multiplayer. Not much to the multiplayer though. You know, it had Duke match instead of death match. It had a co-op mode where you could play the single player levels. You know, you could play against bots. Also had a capture the flag game mode, which was introduced in a later um, a later edition. Um, but it was one of the early games that did have in-game messaging. You could send a message to uh, specific players, and then as they released later versions, they had voice chatting. But you know, some fun technology in there. Oh yeah, it is. And and you know. It was it was an early stop for Randy Pitchford, and thanks to Randy Pitchford, we got Gearbox, and thanks to Gearbox, we got Borderlands, right? Hua, 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 and I think that's important. We love Borderlands, right? That we do. <laughs> well, I mean, I know that was short and sweet, but I don't think there's much to the Duke Nukem games. That's the other reason why they're fun. They're just mindless and brainless shooting games and 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 that's it you run around you shoot you enjoy some crude humor and some scantily clad women and and you move on absolutely that's about what i got from it yep and and so yeah anything else you want to add to duke nukem well you know what we 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 found reviews you found some reviews i tasked you with reviews this week huh that you did what uh what do some people have to say about Duke Nukem. How did other people feel about it? Since we we were kind of like meh, run and shoot. What some other people got? A couple of reviews that I found from TrueAchievements.com. User Ryan Legend ninety five says Duke Nukem was the king of nineteen ninety six, and he still is the king by even today's standards. Back in nineteen ninety six, this was the real deal. The graphics were amazing, and the fact that you can now look up and down, whereas Doom only let you look left and right, made a breakthrough. Whereas Doom was the most successful first-person shooter back in its day, Duke Nukem came along and stole its spotlight by creating the most idolized video game character of all time. The reason why Duke is so idolized is because of his famous one-liners and his massive inventory full of guns. <laughs> all right, well, we already talked about being able to see up and down, and I agree that, along with the interactivity of the environment, were pretty amazing at the time. Now, with that being said, I don't think Duke is... A, a notable video game character much at all these days do you i think that his one-liners still would uh classify him as definitely an out there character but you know there's just so many more notable characters that have more excuse me more qualities to them than just witty one-liners well we're also going on 10 years since we've last had a is it 10 years since we last had duke nukem game didn't i say 2011 was yep. uh was forever so we're going on 10 years so 10 years without a game in a franchise is kind of hard for a video game character to to have any notoriety. There 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 are going to basically be a whole there will be a whole generation of video gamers who have never probably experienced a Duke Nukem game and you can only do that for so long before you just fall out of re- relevance. See what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. There's no denying that. All right, what else did you find? Uh user Josh Nichols from Bago Games says, I really enjoyed replaying Duke Nukem 3D for this review and know that many of you will either enjoy playing it or simply experiencing it for the first time. It really is a landmark title that is a ton of fun to play. 
Whenever people try to talk Doom up too much, I always make sure to bring Duke Nukem 3D up because I honestly consider it to be a superior game. Yeah, I I mean, I I agree. I like when I think about the games that I played back then, I mean Doom and Duke Nukem 3D along with Quake and Descent a little bit later on, those are those are the early first person shooters that really stick out in my mind. I, I, you know, I, I agree. I, I think that Duke has a really important place in first-person shooter history, but, you know, history. It, Doom has stayed relevant, and Duke Nukem has not. Absolutely. I don't think there's any argument here. Duke Nukem was relevant at its time, but not so much nowadays. It's, it's like I said, we're going on 10 years without a Duke Nukem game, so I don't know. I guess it's going to be longer if we ever do get another Duke Nukem game. I mean, the game won't have languished in, in development hell for 14 years, but if we get another Duke Nukem game, we'll probably get it more than 14 years, and then the gap between the last two won't really matter. <laughs> this is going to be funny to think about. That would be very interesting to see if the title ever got revived after 2011. And that, though, let's talk about that for a moment. Do you think that Duke Nukem could could be made and survive today? You know, it's definitely a difficult thing to say for certain, because on one side, you know, we obviously have the society has moved past the majority of people being so openly misogynistic and, and all of that. But at the same time, you think of characters like Homer Simpson or Peter Griffin, who are still these hugely popular cartoons. And, you know, a lot of the things that they're saying in these cartoons are no better. So it, it, it's really, it, it really just depends on the crowd. You know, some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. Yeah. Yeah. See, my thought is, is whether or not with how offended people seem to get nowadays, if there'd be a place for this without, if there, if there would even be a market for this. But I guess for everyone who gets offended by stuff like this, there's other people who just don't give a shit like to play games. I guess here. No one would, if it's a good game, you know, it has to be a good game, good content, feel good, play good. I think if that's the case, everyone would accept the rest of it. But if it ends up being a game that's just hinged on what Duke Nukem is, which is very much what happened with Duke Nukem Forever. Duke Nukem Forever was not a good game. It was a Duke Nukem game. Don't get me wrong. It, it, the voice, the, the characters, the topic, all of that, all of Duke Nukem was there. It just was not a good game. And I think if they flip-flopped, you might have better success bringing him back. But I don't know. Cancel culture is a real thing nowadays. <laughs> that it is. I don't know. I don't know if there'd be a place for the Red Light District in a game anymore. But maybe they can take similar concepts and... And and and, and yeah, I mean, you could you could do a concept of aliens coming to Earth to take over Earth without bringing the rest of that in it and probably be okay that's very possible yeah i mean look at things like mass effect and halo we're getting a new mass effect huh that we are hopefully it's not like a dramata i can only hope maybe that would actually get me interested in the series i never played the old ones but andromeda being my first look into the series didn't really leave me with a good taste in my mouth no offense to those who enjoyed it but it just wasn't you my cup of tea started with andromeda I sure did. Oh, I am so sorry. No wonder you don't want to play the rest. The other three are... I couldn't get into the first one very much. It took it took me a while, but two and three were 
it, it they're phenomenal games they're they're honest to god phenomenal games so all right well duke nukem we learned a little bit of history learned a bit of pedigree learned about vaporware uh talked a little bit about it whether or not it has a place in today's day and age i don't know if there's anything else i want to cover how about you i had a lot less knowledge about this than yourself so i pretty much gave what i had awesome i will say that you know give it a try if you've never played it it's it's fun for one of those mindless run and shooters but i will say that at times it can get very frustrating trying to understand where in the hell to go next are you getting a kick out of playing all these games you didn't have a chance to play it is fun yes it's it's some of them definitely frustrate me but obviously that's no different than yourself being a young child growing up playing these for the first time can you imagine that though that like you have the benefit of all these years of gaming experience and the complexity of modern games. And we had shit back then. We didn't have the internet or anything even. We, hey, we... Even the shit back then still confuses me. So it did something right. <laughs> we had fucking trash. Absolute trash. Ugh. All right. Well, let's move on to the gaming question of the week. You ready for it? Hit me with it. I was thinking. If you had to live in the world of the last game you played, what would it be? Ah, well, see, that one's kind of a difficult one. Is it the game I'm currently playing? <laughs> um, no, so if I was in the world of the last game I played, I would be pretty screwed because I would be living a real-life escape from Tarkov. And uh, as much better as people are than me, I would probably not survive. So what's the deal with Tarkov? Like, it's a, what, a war zone? Is that the concept behind it? Uh, not really. So it's not like a, there's no winner in Tarkov. It's you either live or you don't. So there are multiple maps that you go through and there's a story behind it, although it's still early development. So the storyline isn't really prevalent. Well, that's, but, that's what I was wondering, like why the world is the way it is. Well, it, it's a apocalyptic Russia. So, you know, you're in the middle of the apocalypse it's, happen. It's, it's an abandoned area. And your uh, private military contractors trying to escape from this province of Russia. Of course, of course, it's Russia. Oh, of course it is. It's uh, and developed by a Russian company. You don't think that you have the survival skills to survive very long whatsoever? I think that there are many who are more so skilled than myself. And with the number of firefights that happen in the game... Um, I, you know, I guess it's a game compared to how I would actually shoot and my shooting is rusty because I haven't gone in a few years, but, uh, yeah, I would probably have to learn to shoot really well because otherwise, you know, someone gets eyes on you first, it's over, mm. but that's war for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people are living that kind of stuff every day. So very props to them, you know, prayers for all of them. Cause you do great work. Mm -hmm. What about yourself, Dave? Where would you be living? I'd be living on a tropical island. Ah, much, uh, much more pleasant than I. Uh, no, literally, there's no conflict whatsoever. Uh, so the last game I played was Animal Crossing. Ah, so you <laughs> just have to worry about getting stung by a bee. That's literally, that's literally it. Or chased by a spider and bonked on the head. Scorpion. Scorp is that? No, isn't it the isn't it the spider at night, the tarantula that chases you down? Oh, I was thinking during the daytime, the scorpion. Oh yeah, scorpions do too. But knock you yeah. out. Yeah, but I mean, aside from our, our bunch of bees that sting you, like you said, there's really not much for me to be afraid of. It would, I would just be, I would be enslaved to Tom Nook for debt 
for my entire life, which is basically my real life anyways, except I would be doing it on a tropical island and not in the middle of suburbia. I'm sure we'd all enjoy that a lot more. <laughs> hey, I'm not complaining. The timing of that question worked out really well because, you know, I, uh, I usually play a little bit with my Switch before I go to bed while I'm laying in bed winding down, and I finished... I finished Mario Odyssey a few days ago, finally. I've had the Switch for, what, three years it's been out? Had the Switch for, like, three years. I bought Mario Odyssey with it, and I finally beat it, like, two days ago. And so last night I sat down and I was like, I'm going to play some Animal Crossing tonight. I haven't played it in a while. So there you go. What would you think of Odyssey? Odyssey was a lot of fun, honestly. I don't know why I'm a glutton for punishment. I still think out of the 3D Marios, Super Mario Sunshine is my favorite. I don't know why. I really, I know so many people shit on that game and they don't like it, but I really like Super Mario Sunshine. Uh, with that being said, Galaxies, the Galaxies were phenomenal games too. And Odyssey was good. I, I enjoy playing Odyssey. You know, I played straight through it. I didn't really try to collect every Power Moon, but I do have the desire to go back and collect more because I think there's what you could get straight up 999, can't you? I do not. Hold on a sec. I, I gotta look that up. Because uh, cause to beat the game straight through, you only need like 160. Yeah, there I think. are 999. Yes, yeah, so I to beat the game normally, you only need like 160. So there are a lot more power moons for me to find. Now, a bunch of those can be bought, I think is what the deal is. But still, there's a lot of power moons to be had We'll play in the game straight up, and it would be fun trying to hunt some of those down. So I'll probably pick it back up again, but I just, I beat it, and I needed to go to a different game. Animal Crossing is digital and really easy to just relax to, so I played Animal Crossing last night. And so I'm trapped in a very good place, unlike you. You know, we all have our vices. <laughs> I just happen to be trying to survive in a desolate place. I'm trying to shooting everywhere. I'm trying to survive in a desolate place too. Have you ever seen some of these the visitor the the residents on my island? They are straight cray cray. Jeez. Ah, uh, you know, I, I don't know how you deal with it, Dave. It must be a lot of stress just sitting on that tropical beach. I don't know. I don't know. I do not know. Well, that's the gaming question of the week. That'll about do it. Guys, I could use more input for gaming questions of the week. If you have some questions that you would like us to answer for you, we would like you to submit them. You can do that in a number of ways. We have an email address. It's memories at memorycardlane.com. You can go to our website at www.memorycardlane.com. And at the bottom of the webpage, there's an option to share. Uh, both a form and uh, a little button you can click on. You can join our Discord. Uh, you can come to our Patreon. You know, you can make comments on things at Patreon. So you could definitely come to our Patreon and make comments if you have some input. But the thing of it is, is there's only so many questions that my little tiny peanut brain can come up with. And I would love to answer questions that you guys have for us. So you know, come come check it out. Easiest way is through our website, www.memorycardlane.com. On our website, you can also get show notes for all of our episodes. You can check a biography to learn more about me and not Rob. And if you're curious why I say that, come check it out. 
You can find a link to our Discord, and you can find a link to our Patreon, where for only $2 a month, you can support us gabbing week in, week out, and, and showering each other with brotherly love. Rob, what else is going on on the website? Anything? Oh, the calendar, right? Uh, there is a calendar now, yes, where you can see upcoming topics that we will be discussing so that you might be able to give your stories, memories, reviews, even. Ooh. Also, on our website, you could find links to our social media. I'm on Twitter as David underscore is wrong, where I mostly post about Rocket League. Rob, what are you doing on social media these days? I can be found on twitch.tv forward slash F-A-T-B-O-I-R-I-P-Z. Streaming, you know, just about any game I feel like playing. Most of the time it's first-person shooters or Rocket League, but, uh, you know, sometimes we get a little crazy in there. Maybe we'll start streaming a little Diablo with Dave. Yeah, we uh, definitely would love to play. I would love to play back to the Diablo series. That's something interesting that came out news-wise this week. So what leaked is that Blizzard is working on a modern remake of Diablo 2, which is really fascinating. If they would redo Diablo 2 and the Diablo 3 engine, I think that would be phenomenal. Fucking phenomenal, to be honest with you. I would not complain in any way, shape, or form. Doesn't sound like it, Dave. So, yeah. Well, Rob, before we take it out of here, what else do you have for our listeners today? Just want to take a moment to say thank you to everyone listening. We love doing what we do, but it makes it a lot more enjoyable knowing that we are giving you some enjoyment, too. Uh, definitely want to hear from you, get to know you, join our community. It's a lot more fun when we know you're there. But, you know, no shame to those who listen in, in the shadows. I'm right there with you. But just have to say thank you so much. It means the world to us, even if we don't hear from you. We just love to know you're there. Right on. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, that'll do it for episode 22 of our Video Game Nostalgia podcast, a trip down memory card lane. That was Duke Nukem 3D, Rob. It's time to move on. Are you sad about that? I think I live. Yeah. Well, next week we're doing one of your favorite games, are we not? Uh, what are we doing next week? Sims. Ah, playing one of my more played series. It's kind of your guilty pleasure, isn't it? Man, I tell you, every time I start playing this game, I get hooked so hard it's so hard to get out yeah it's it's uh it's it's really something so next week we're going to be heading back to 2000 2000 was a really weird year with that y2k bullshit but one good thing that came out of 2000 was the sims and I, i mean i don't know what else to say about sims it's a it's a it's the ultimate life simulator it's a series that we're what 21 years later and it's still going strong like incredibly strong played by millions of people and and yeah so we're gonna take a look back at the beginning and talk about where it started how we got there and what came of it so yeah join us again next week for uh simlish oh that's the other thing rob you know simlish i know i i I've tried learning, but that language is something else to me. Yeah, we're going to do some Simlish, too. So. Oh, joy. I know. Join us again next week for a Simlish-filled trip down memory card lane. ba da 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 ba ba wa